<clears throat> well, you'll have to forgive me. We'll try and keep it short today. <laughs> Dad asked me a couple of weeks ago if I would uh, talk about continuing the sermon series on love. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at one specific verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 7. What was the note you had, Jeff? Just me? Okay, keep going. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> if you turn in your Bibles, if you want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 7. It's a short verse. There's not a lot to it when you just simply look at it. But when you dig a little deeper, it turns out to be a lot that that one little verse says. And so let's look at it together here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 7. Talking about love says, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. There's four things in that verse that it talks about four different characteristics of love in this one verse. And it's been my experience that when we read Scripture and you see things multiple times, it is usually an indication that the writer of that Scripture and that God in particular wanted us to catch something from that verse. And so four different aspects or characteristics of love contained in this one verse. And so as we go through what this verse means and what, what it's saying to us today, we want to look at each one of these characteristics and break it down uh, a little bit further so that we can get, uh, I think, what God is speaking to us through these different characteristics. First things first, we see love bears all things. Now, in Scripture, this comes from the Greek word that means to cover something, sort of like a roof covers your house. And so when we think about love bearing all things, if you think about the roof on your house and what it protects you from, the, uh, the storms, the uh, hail, the, the thunder, the lightning, the, the bad stuff, the elements of the outside world, uh, our roofs over our heads protect us from those sorts of things. And, and the Greek imagery from the words that, that, the, that the writer here is using is, is that sort of word picture that he's trying to give us about love, that love covers us, that it protects us, much like a roof does over our house. You know, another thing that I think can be said about love bearing all things, that love protects us or covers us, is that love doesn't point out every flaw. So often we hear the words of 1 Corinthians 13 said in weddings. A lot of couples will have it as a part of their wedding ceremony, the words of 1 Corinthians 13 said uh, somewhere in the service. And it's such beautiful imagery to use it at such a time as a wedding because uh, of the amount of imagery that it invokes about love and what love does. And as great as it is to apply to our own human relationships, I think one thing that we should not take for granted or one thing that we should not forget is that what 1 Corinthians 13 is really dealing with is the love that God has for us. 
in as much as it fits in our human relationships between uh, each other, it's also so much more so that it is the love that God has for us. And so if we look at these, this per- verse in particular, but the chapter on the whole through the lens of God's love, I think the meaning becomes so much deeper and clearer to us. And so as we talk about love bearing all things, this first characteristic, the fact that it covers us and protects us from outside elements, one thing I think we should never forget is that love, true love, God's love, doesn't point out every flaw. I think if we thought about our own relationships, our own marriages, our own dating relationships, or whatever it is where love comes into play, you know, it always makes me sad when I, when I see couples, husbands and wives, who treat each other in such a way where they're pointing out each flaw of each other. Now, I know in my, in my own marriage, if Misty were to point out every flaw that I have, well, she would just never stop talking. <laughs> There'd be too much to say. <laughs> but I think we could say that about each other a lot of the time, is that in our own marriages, if we were to point out every single one of our flaws from our spouses, why, there would be nothing else to talk about. <laughs> but especially when we see friends and coworkers and people that we know who are in the types of marriage where they feel comfortable ridiculing each other in public, why, I'm not sure that that's love. True love doesn't point out flaws. True love protects. True love covers. Love doesn't criticize or cut us down. And so when we think about love bearing all things, it's that love that God shows for us that protects us, that covers us, and it's always there for us. Next, we look at the characteristic it says, believes all things. One thing that I love, <laughs> that I love about God's love, is that God's love always gives us the benefit of the doubt. God's love always gives us the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you know, you've heard it said that we are, uh, we are innocent until proven guilty. But love says, I choose to give you the benefit of the doubt so long as it's reasonable to do so. You see, love, although protecting and believing all things still has to be guarded. For love taken advantage of too many times can be a bad thing. And so I almost wrote down in my notes that love has limits. But if we're talking in the scope of God's love, I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. Although... I think God's love at some point will have a limit. Scripture talks about how God will separate us in those end days. And so I think that maybe it could be said that love has limits. I know 
in humanity between each one of us, love certainly has its limits, and I think we see that every day. Just turn on the news, and you can see that love has limits. But I think overall, for the most part, God's love is unconditional for us. But at some level, that love has to remain guarded. And so when, when we continually sin and bring sin upon sin before the love that God has, perhaps there is some point where that becomes separated. But the good news is that the sacrifice that Jesus made for us covers that, making that love unconditional. And what a blessing that is. So love believes all things, gives us the benefit of the doubt. And I think in a world where giving the benefit of the doubt is so rare, it's a, it's a really unique thing to know that true love indeed does give the benefit of the doubt. There is a story that I read recently about a wealthy woman who decided, fell in love with, and married a man who had come out of poverty. When they met, he had nothing. But they fell in love just the same. And they ended up getting married. And he came to his wealthy uh, new bride and wanted to start a new business. And he let her know there's a good chance that this business could fail and we could lose all the money we put into it. But she said, that's okay. And so he went for it. Started this new business. Things looked great in the beginning. But ultimately, the business failed and they lost all the money that they had put into it. And so he came to her and he said, there's nothing else to be done. I mean, that's, that's it. We lost it. And she looked at him and just said, that's okay. I believe in you. Shortly after that, he came home from, from work one day to see a, a beautiful candlelight dinner set out on their table. And he, and he said, well, this is sort of a surprise. And then he went to, to wash up and, and, uh, and join her for this candlelight dinner. And When he came back to the table, he noticed that his wife was crying over the dinner. And he asked what was wrong, and she simply said, we didn't have enough money to pay the electric bill. So we're having a candlelight dinner because they had no power. But the kind of love that they had for each other was the kind of love that believed in all things. Was the kind of love that gave the benefit of the doubt. Love says, we'll make it through this. Let's just eat by candlelight tonight. And so the first half of this verse 
we see two pretty incredible characteristics of what God's love is for us, that it indeed bears all things and protects us from the outside elements, that it believes all things, in that it gives us the benefit of the doubt in a world that doesn't understand why. Next thing, probably my favorite. Hopes all things. Somebody tell me, what is hope to you? When you hear the word hope, what is hope? Let me hear it. Things will get better. <laughs> we'll eat by candlelight tonight. Things will get better. <laughs> There's always another opportunity. Exactly. Reassurance. Hope. It's a little tiny word that means there's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> there's something to look forward to. It doesn't matter what's happening all around us. Hope says we have something. It's love in an impossible situation. Let's think back to when Jesus was here on earth doing his ministry and shortly before he was to be crucified, he met with his disciples. And in a really intimate and unique moment, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Now, in the room where Jesus washed his disciples' feet, how many were there? How many disciples were in the room with him? Twelve. So that would include Judas. Now, <clears throat> what we know about Jesus and what we know about God is that God, being omniscient, knows what's happening to uh, our futures. And so if Jesus was there to wash the disciples' feet, to show them what being a true servant is, to show them what that sort of love looked like, sometimes in our humanity, it's difficult to understand the intricacies of what God does. But in that moment, when he washed the disciples' feet, knowing what Judas was going to eventually do, That's hope. Hope that things will get better. Hope that things won't be the same for long. It's love in an impossible situation. And what an incredible moment to see something that our Savior did that really shows what true hope means. The last part of this verse, this short, short verse. Love endures all things. I think if there were a better way to end this short verse and these short four characteristics, I'm not exactly sure what it would be because I think endures all things is a perfect way to wrap up 
exactly what God's love does for us. The word endures is a military term, which means to hold a position at all costs, even unto death. Now, <clears throat> I knew from a very young age, I was not cut out to be in the military. <laughs> the military would not want me, I promise. <laughs> but I have the utmost respect for people who have been called to the military. <clears throat> and if you know, or you yourself have been in the military, you know that it takes complete devotion. And being a part of that means sometimes that you have to endure at all costs, that you have to stand your ground no matter what the circumstances, even if that means laying your life down for someone else. And that's what this part of God's love truly does mean, that it endures all things, that he laid his life down for us. Through the din of battle comes one final command, stand your ground, men, and if necessary, we die well. So love holds fast to people that it loves. It perseveres. It never gives up on anyone. Love won't stop loving, even in the face of rejection. <clears throat> There's a quote from C.S. Lewis that I think really, it, it really spoke to me when I was doing the study for this, when I was reading through the notes uh, of this lesson. And it comes from his book called The Four Loves. And if you've ever read C.S. Lewis, number one, um, be prepared to take naps because he makes your brain hurt. But, um, <laughs> but C.S. Lewis wrote this in his book, The Four Loves. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will certainly uh, be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up in, in a safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love is hell. Sometimes love is risky. Sometimes love hurts. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I think of, um, I, I think some of the, the things that I correlate things with are sometimes um, strange, but the, 
I just had come to mind one of my favorite quotes, and it's from a Disney movie called The Sword in the Stone. <laughs> and as Merlin is talking to young Wart, uh, he says that love is the most powerful magic in all the world. Love is hard. Love is difficult. <laughs> For anybody who's been married longer than 10 minutes, we know love can be challenging. But it's also rewarding. For us to give our hearts to somebody else, to show true love for something else, we know that sometimes we're putting our own selves on the line. That our hearts are now susceptible to being broken, to being cheated, to being cracked, to being damaged. And yet the great thing about love is that God's love is there to repair. God's love is there to take the broken, the pieces, glue it back together, and put it into something beautiful and useful and holy. And so where we talk about 1 Corinthians 13 a lot in marriages and in our own human relationships, and so appropriate it is to do so, I think the deeper meaning that we can see here, that love bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things is so much more and so much deeper than what our humanity can even hold. And it so much goes into how God takes what we have taken and broken and have laying on the floor and picks it up and repairs it and puts it back in something that makes other people understand what that love can do for them. You see, it's a cycle. And this is what I think is so incredible about God's love. Although love in and of itself is risky, sometimes it's challenging and hard and leaves us broken. God's love is always there to repair. The one phrase that is key to this principle in 1 Corinthians 13 is that it's about the love of God, not, not the love of man. Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to pour out God's love into our hearts. When the Holy Spirit has done His work, we are able to pour out the love of God that the Holy Spirit has poured into our hearts. What God gives us, we are able to give to others, that cycle. We love, and in humanity, love breaks our hearts, and then God repairs our heart, and then we take that repaired heart to show others what God's love can do for their broken heart. You see, that's what love is. Bearing, believing, hoping, and enduring all things. I wanted to read a quote from Charles Spurgeon. 
<clears throat> theologian and preacher, and he wrote this, bringing one of his sermons to a close. Behold the cross. See the patient sufferer in that ribald multitude. They thrust out the tongue, they sneer, they jest, they blaspheme, and there he hangs, triumphant in his patience, conquering the world and death and hell by enduring all things. O oh, love, thou didst never sit on a throne so imperial as the cross, when there in the person of the Son of God thou didst all things endure. Oh, that we might copy in some humble measure that perfect pattern which is here set before us. If you would bless your generation, let no unkindness daunt you. Let no considerations of your own character or honor or peace of mind keep you back, but of you may it be said, even as your Lord, he saved others himself, he cannot save. You see, God gave us a perfect example of what love is and what love does through the person of Jesus dying on the cross for each and every one of us. True love, enduring all things, hoping, bearing, believing all things, so that we can take that love, share it to others, so that they may, too, experience the love of God. What a perfect example. It's not simply difficult to live this way. It's nearly impossible. <laughs> but... What God demands of us, the Holy Spirit supplies within us. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture that I always call to is that when we don't have the words to say, the Holy Spirit intercedes with us, and I love this part, with groanings too deep for words. Have you been there? Have you been at the point where love has taken such a toll on your heart and in your life that you feel like the pieces can't be put back together so much so that you don't even know what words to say and yet the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and takes those concerns to God on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. It's incredible the God we serve and the amount of love that he has given us. Why should we not take that to others? Why would we not want to take that love that God has so generously and graciously given each and every one of us to the people around us? Why would we not want to take that love and share it with anyone we come in contact with? I wonder if churches rallied around the idea of God's love and what God's love has done in each individual's heart, in each individual church, I wonder if news stories would start being different. I wonder if governments would run more smoothly. I wonder if schools would go back to being a place of learning instead of a place of fear. I wonder if businesses would stop being corrupt. I wonder, if, I wonder if so many different things, if just people in churches and Christians and you and me would take the love that God has so graciously given me and us and go out to the people around us and share that love with one another. I wonder what would happen. 
Our deepest needs are not intellectual or emotional. Our deepest needs are indeed spiritual. It's an old story repeated over and over again. Many of us struggle in our circumstances because we are fighting against the Lord and His plan for our lives. The answer is as plain as the nose on our face. Each of us should yield ourselves completely to the Holy Spirit. And I wonder what would happen if each of us would ask God for the love which only He can supply. You see, I think all too often we try and replicate the love that God has, but on our own strength. And God's love replicated through our own strength is not true love. I think it's human love. And as much as we try to live that unconditional love that God has so graciously supplied to us, I think all too often we fail or come up short. And so it's not something that we can do alone. It's a challenge. It's hard. But as God has called us to love others, we should call out to him for the supply of love that he gives so that we can share that. As we face hard times and difficult moments, I wonder what would happen if we would pray something like this. God, let your will be done, even if it means my will is not done. As we relinquish the control of our lives to the Lord, we'll find that the Holy Spirit's power has been released in us, and the love of God will become a personal reality that works in us and through us to touch those around us. As we come to a close today, I offer you no miracle, miracle cure for the problems of life. It's true that into each life some rain must fall. And if that's true, then some of us are caught up in a thunderstorm even right now. And I can't say when the rain will end, but it doesn't have to destroy our lives. When the love of God is our foundation, when it covers us like that roof, when it hopes even though we can't see through the storm, when it believes in us knowing that the storm will end, and when it endures even in the strongest part of the storm, With God as our foundation, we will stand firm because we cannot be shaken with the love of God. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you so much for the love that you have given to us. God, in our humanity, it's all too often so hard to show that true love that you have given us. And so, Father, today, we ask that you would be with us. Invade our hearts to show us that love so that we can take that love and show it to those around us. Father, it's my belief that this world is crying out for people to show love. And who better to do it than the people you have called 
to reciprocate the love that you've given us. And so, God, as we go out today, may we commit to showing love. Not just paying a lip service, not just saying it, not just silently thinking it in a prayer, but, Father, truly leaving these doors with the intent on showing at least one person what true love looks like. Bearing all things, hoping all things, believing all things, enduring all things. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your son. And thank you for your love. We thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen.